Reich, Professor of Public Policy, University of California, former U.S. Secretary of Labor. Most American families are worse off today than they were three decades ago. The Great Recession of 2008-2009 destroyed the value of their homes, undermined their savings, and too often left them without jobs. But even before the Great Recession began, most Americans had gained little from the economic expansion that began almost three decades before. Today, the Great Recession notwithstanding, the U.S. economy is far larger than it was in 1980. But where has all the wealth gone? Mostly to the very top. The latest data shows that by 2007, America's top 1% of earners received 23% of the nation's total income, almost triple their 8% share in 1980. This rapid trend toward inequality in America marks a significant reversal of the move toward income equality that began in the early part of the 20th century and culminated during the middle decades of the century. Yet inequality has not loomed large as a political issue. Even Barack Obama's modest proposal to return income tax rates to where they stood in the 1990s prompted his 2008 Republican opponents to call him a socialist who wanted to spread the wealth. Once president, Obama's even more modest proposal to limit the income tax deductions of the wealthy in order to pay for health care for all met fierce resistance from a democratically controlled Congress. If politicians have failed to grapple with the issue of inequality, few scholars have done better. Philosophers have had little to say on the subject. Some who would tax the rich to help the poor frame their arguments as utilitarian. Taking a hundred dollars from a rich person and giving it to a poor person would diminish the rich person's happiness only slightly, they argue, but greatly increase the happiness of the poor person. Others ground their arguments in terms of hypothetical consent. John Rawls defends redistribution on the grounds that most people would be in favor of it if they had no idea what their income would otherwise be. Nor have economists, whom we might expect to focus attention on such a dramatic trend, expressed much concern about widening inequality. For the most part, economists concern themselves with efficiency and growth. In fact, some of them argue that wide inequality is a necessary if not inevitable consequence of a growing economy. A few worry that it cuts off opportunities among the children of the poor for productive lives, but whether to distribute wealth more equally, or what might be gained from doing so, is a topic all but ignored by today's economic researchers. It has taken two experts from the field of public health to deliver a major study of the effects of inequality on society. Though Richard Wilkinson and Kate Pickett are British, their research explores the United States in depth, and their work is an important contribution to the debate our country needs. The spirit level looks at the negative social effects of wide inequality, among them more physical and mental illness not only among those at the lower ranks but even those at the top of the scale. The authors find, not surprisingly, that where there are great disparities in wealth there are heightened levels of social distrust. They argue convincingly that wide inequality is bad for a society and that more equal societies tend to do better on many measures of social health and wealth. But if wide inequality is socially dysfunctional, then why are certain countries, such as the United States, becoming so unequal? 
largely because of the increasing gains to be had by being just a bit better than other competitors in a system becoming ever more competitive. Consider executive pay. During the 1950s and 60s, CEOs of major American companies took home about 25 to 30 times the wages of the typical worker. After the 1970s, the two pay scales diverged. In 1980, the big company CEO took home roughly 40 times. By 1990, it was 100 times. By 2007, just before the Great Recession, CEO pay packages had ballooned to about 350 times what the typical worker earned. Recent supports suggest that the upward trajectory of executive pay, temporarily stopped by the economic meltdown, is on the verge of continuing. To make the comparison especially vivid,